So let's just get into the conversation. Welcome Abhijit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me over. Welcome. So you know, we're super excited to have you here because we grew up reading comic books and now, you know, it's our chance to actually talk to somebody who creates them. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your books? So, I mean, as a i mean graphic novelist that's like a heavy word to use and i really like it when uh, i introduce myself as a graphic novelist because sometimes uh, when you say i draw comics for a living people are like acha comics suddenly when you say graphic novels it suddenly sounds so much heavier it sounds legit <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds like oh man you're in it for something very very uh, heavy you know what is it though <laughs> that is the entire curiosity aspect of it so i mean i have been a comics fan ever since i remember right from probably age 4 or something that i've been reading and collecting comics as well what was the first comic that you read tinkle 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 of course tinkle was one of my first exposures to comics and which is where i think life came a full circle for me when i started drawing for the comic myself in 2004 so tinkle of course then tintin asterix and not much later was mad Mad and what magazine. about Archies? <laughs> Archies were were there every now and then. I wasn't like into the Archie fandom as much as you know a lot of my other classmates in school or later college also were in because you know what used to happen was Archie was so much more accessible. Uh, people were more used to seeing Archie on their bookshelves. Yeah, actually, I began reading comics huh. through Archies. But I was a guy who used to look for the other comics. So I used to go to the bookshops, Raddiwalas, especially the secondhand bookstores. In fact, in car market itself, there were a couple of radhiwalas, you know, where I knew exactly which shelf they used to keep their comics at. So we used to go to give our uh, old paper and plastic junk or whatever at home, and then I used to go with dad to pick up those comics specifically, <laughs> so and I used sweet. to ask him, "Yeah, my exams are over now. I need five comics more." <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I think the whole comic collecting thing began. And uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I used to keep doodling and sketching. every uh, opportunity has to get you know uh, envelopes newspapers at home and you are self taught so self -taught. How, how how did that go about well uh for one i noticed that after my um, schooling i had a choice of going into formal art training or going for some media related courses and uh, i figured that cartooning per se i would not call it a silly decision or whatever it is but i thought i don't want to be molded by anything right from the start if i'm doing something in my own style i'd rather stick to it and that is when bachelor of mass media started bmm started in mumbai university and we were the first batch of it so i could do my advertising studies or whatever alongside i used to doodle and freelance alongside college and uh, yeah what are some of the first stories that you came up with the first comics that you came up with first comics in fact in school itself i used to draw some i mean i used to be so excited to see a ninja turtles cartoon or a comic i used to actually 
ड्रॉ समथिंग कॉल्ड द निंजा फ्रॉग्स यू नो सो निंजा फ्रॉग्स आई थिंक वो वन ऑफ माई फर्स्ट कॉमिक्स आई मस्ट डूडल वन आई वॉज इन क्लास थ्री और फोर बट प्रोफेशनली uh in tinkle was my first published comic strip and how did you get that break oh yeah i mean that's another that's a fun story actually to talk about so my mom you know my parents were always aware that i'm into comics and they used to buy me the comics i wanted i was never the guy who used to ask for gadgets or video games or anything i was always a comics guy we can so relate we just ask for books <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying then i was never the video game kid ंदो and that was my big fanboy moment and i was like you know there's anand pai himself he got me to meet uh, savio mascarenas who had uh, also been on the tinkle team for the last few years before that and um, he i mean they got me to sketch a short comic just because you know i mean they wanted to humor me and uh, that comic related to the tinkle yeah 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 it was a short story it was a small little joke with a one page jokes i drew it i sent it uh, uncle pai sent me a letter back saying It's nice, but uh, you're still in school, so we won't be publishing it. Maybe once you are ready after your education or whatever, you know, once you have a good portfolio, we'll. Of course, that's the stuff he would write to kids. But that's so encouraging, actually. It is. In fact, um, that actually got me to sketch even more, aiming to, you know, break into it. And in two thousand four, I went back again because by then I already had a portfolio with magazines and newspapers. So tell us about your first break. The first ever break was. Uh, before i mean the first official newspaper magazine newspaper slash magazine was jam and i think my peer group a lot of people started with jam magazine back then so i used to do these little doodles for them i used to do some music reviews for them but um, even before that i was on a holiday to my native place mangalore and my one of my grandparents neighbors i'm mangalorean too really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice so my grandparents neighbor was an ex uh, bank manager uh, not just a manager he was a banker big shot banker so he was coming up with a book on banking uh, types of managers types of people and he wanted someone to doodle out those little cartoons that officially is my first printed uh, piece of you know cartooning i love that <laughs> i was in class 11 or 12 that time so when you started at tinkle was it the same editor or was it somebody different it was It was How Uncle is Pai. How's it working with your mentor now? <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, Uncle Pai was um, uh, there in two thousand four. He probably didn't remember that one uh, encounter we had back in ninety seven, ninety eight. But I reminded him, and uh, there was uh, Rina Puri, Savio. All the team members were there, and uh, the first ever story I got was something called "How the Zebra Got Its Stripes." <laughs> you know, very uh, funny kiddie story. We well, love the humor in your books, by the thank way. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know, my my style was a little too extreme back then for like a tinkle story. So I had to kind of tone it down. I had to kind of uh, make it a little softer. But we got some good response for it, and I think since then I've been drawing for them. <laughs> so how do you get ideas for your stories? See, if when it comes to my own comics, like the ones I publish, like Angry Mao Shi or Fanboys, these are characters based on everyday. 
life you know i just have to look around and we are living in a city like mumbai or a country like india where all you need to do is look around to get subject like the rhyme fighters the oh, yeah. unsung heroes oh absolutely Without rhyme fighters India. is about everyday mumbaikers so there are, there are these people we come across there are these people we see we might not think too much about them but if they are not there on that scene our life in a city will not be the same so it can be your traffic cop it can be a fisher woman it can be a boot polish wala pan wala you know all these people and i call them the real superheroes of our everyday lives you know so that is where i think most of my inspiration comes from everyday people so the, what is the process of uh, actually you know creating a comic book so how long does it take you so i think there are certain comics i mean i make it sound like all technical and you know this is how i went about it but sometimes it's a matter of 7 to 8 days for me Oh, because really? yeah because uh, i i would have that idea at the back of my mind but i would never i mean people would hate me to say this when i say this because i actually teach this in a couple of institutes how to go about <laughs> <laughs> do tell <laughs> yeah but but um, sometimes i have these um, ideas at the back of my mind and then i just need to storyboard it quickly and then get started on the production part of it so because there are other deadlines because there are other commission projects uh and comic cons working on my own comics sometimes gets a little difficult giving it time you know so 8 days 10 days ever a few comics are finished in four so the process generally is have the concept kind of work around how many pages is going to be for the story and uh, split it up into panels decide which ones are the wider ones which are the full page ones and add as much as uh, action to it if it's an angry mousy comic or add as much as a uh, story to it like for example the ek din ka hero comic that i have which i've got here so do you write the text out first or is it the other way around <laughs> <laughs> i it can happen both ways so sometimes i feel that uh, maybe something i've i've got in mind like a layout i have in mind commands a certain sort of dialogues i work the other way around otherwise it's generally text first art later and what makes for good dialogue in a comic book it has to be snappy and people don't want to read as much if it's a comic it has to be a balance between the amount of words and the artwork so you need to be very concise uh, snappy have sound effects as many funny ones or impactful ones yeah, so i like the, i yeah. like the idea of sound effects actually yeah let me know with the rhyme like yeah. it was it was interesting i was reading it for the rhyme actually <laughs> thank you that was an experiment by the way rhyme fighter was a complete experiment and i was kind of pleased with the positive responses we got a few of them hated it as well <laughs> they were like this is too short and this is too yay for that money we are paying but it's self published i mean we put in the money ourselves we printed ourselves we retail it ourselves so obviously self published comics would be a little more expensive for lesser pages generally i mean is there a market for you know tra- mainstream you know traditional publishing houses to publish these sort of works Uh, And why did you choose to self-publish? See, my first experience with self-publishing was pitching Angry Mousy. When I did pitch it, they said it's way too adult, way too extreme, and way too political. Also, at times, to um, but it's for adults, right? So here's the sad part: in India, comics is still seen as a children's medium. Yeah, we were, we were going to ask you that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where the entire issue lies. You know, people's minds are still very. F- narrow when it comes to comics so here's where things like comic cons help you know all age groups come over they're curious to see what's happening on the indian comic scene that is where we introduce this is for you this is for your kid your kid can't read this but you'll enjoy it 
that is something i enjoy i i kind of love promoting to you know the older age groups and most of my comics that i self publish is for 16 and above most of them not all of them so i've actually attended a comic con in bangalore like okay. few years ago okay. and i noticed that there was a different section for the indian artists yes. you know indian comics and western yes. and surprisingly most of the people were drawn to the western comics have you experienced this and that happens. what do you think that still happens and it happens in all comic cons and i don't blame people so why do you think indian artists don't get as much exposure because i think the western comics juggernaut has been around forever you know and uh, all these american publishers you know dc marvel and all these people have been around for like 70 80 yeah, years yeah. what legacy. is the indian comic book scene like in india you know we know of you but we don't know of many others true see there are about five to six artists slash publishers like me like independent artists and publishers like me who have been churning out comics on a very regular basis but there have been standalones as well and there are quite a few independent creators who are on the scene today so that is where you know like a comic con or any of these indie fests that happen indie comics fests and all these other comic platforms we get to showcase what we have done you know and comic con gives us a chance to come on stage and talk about it promote it gives us press so what happens is that indie the comic scene though small is having you know a sizable number of eyeballs attracted to it and what's the right scope now. for you know um, people who want to get into comic books and who want to write comic books see i mean scope wise a lot of uh, newcomers would come and ask me this ki is there money in it you know can you make yeah. a living out of it so i'm like None of us are billionaires or trillionaires or anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we loved what you said about it—that you do it for the satisfaction. Absolutely, I do it for the satisfaction. I go by that saying with a very cliched one: "Love what you do, do what you love," or whatever that is. But we are in it for the passion. But how do you sustain yourself? See, what happens is an artist needs to branch out. You can't just do one thing only, and this holds true not just for comics but for any art form. If you're drawing well. you can also go into merchandising if you have ip you can also go into pitching as other media or you know? teaching like you do teaching uh, like i do i am a visiting faculty at a couple of places we actively take workshops that's a domain that we have been very active on and uh, it's me and my wife diksha we run you know kini studios and what is your uh, drawing sketching writing routine like <laughs> so i mean I've made sure there's a discipline in that sense. I mean, I wouldn't call it discipline like like a karate kid <laughs> wax on wax off or something. But I start my day, my work at around nine thirty, ten o'clock. Then uh, that is when I kind of do all the commission work first. Do you find it more freedom when you you know work on your independent comics because then you know the story is yours and the art yeah. is yours. No, that happens. Although most of the comics that I do for Tinkle are characters that I have been working for since two thousand six and seven. like the defective detectives that i draw i have been you know drawing that comic strip for the last i think since 2007 6 or 7 so i think it's a good 14 years so even those comics i feel like Bayero. i have a good license and they've given me that they've what about supandi 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 every now and then i get a small little <laughs> supandi comic strip to draw and the first time i drew supandi i was like this is so cool <laughs> this is a character that everyone loves i loved growing up and i finally got to draw supandi shikari shambhu my yeah. favorite to draw actually is tantri the mantri oh <laughs> really why <laughs> he is pretty wicked and he is not like the goody two shoes you know children's book character and he is actually an evil wicked guy who's up to no good and uh, i love drawing such characters you know where the eyebrows go all you know the eyes go all um, squinted with anger or 
Like you angry emoji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Tantri was fun, but Supandi, I find myself doing a lot of fan art. Uh, people come to comic cons to get their tinkles signed. So they'll ask me to draw Supandi. So I've drawn a lot more Supandi as fan art. But yeah, I've drawn Supandi for tinkle. It's so, uh, there's so, a very specific uh, way you draw him, especially with the head size, the kind of number of hair strands. Yeah, it really stands out. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sketch. Yeah. So, what if an artist really, you know, wants to build a portfolio before they approach, you know, these giants like Tinkle and yeah. stuff? What yeah. would you advise to these writers? It depends artists. on what they want to show. I mean, is it that they want to show their writing skills as well, or only drawing? Either way, there has to be a mock comic that they have to make with as many layers of storytelling in it. Like so, a book, you mean? Like, ha, like a four or five page comic book and uh, pitch it. I mean, that's the best way you can go about it. That shows how you can adapt to scripts. That shows how you can come up with ideas and how you can work on layouts. So that is the best way you can maintain your portfolio. And what's been your favorite character to create so far? In my own domain, it is Angry Maoshi, for sure. I mean, ever Why? since ever since people saw the first look of Angry Maoshi at our stall at Comic-Con in 2011, there has been that level of interest about her. Mm. <laughs> Who is she? What does she do? She's a superheroine. Who does not wear capes but a nawari sari? She is not the typically objectified female superhero that you find in exactly yeah DCs right. and Marvels right. and all the other. Because my, I mean, sure, I'm a comics geek, nerd, or whatever you want to call it. But my foremost issue with character designs when it comes to female characters, you can't fight crime and do all those acrobatics wearing these two-piece bikinis <laughs> with high-heeled boots. I mean, it's just too kinky. Yeah, yeah. It's, just too, it's just it's just it's just wrong. It's just a male fantasy. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of artists yeah, have yeah, a problem with the objectifying of women because of all these comics are you know male dominated. So and that has been some sort of I won't call it a controversy, but there's always been a conversation happening between people saying, "Is this a male-dominated uh, thing? Is this?" Is it targeted at? Are there many more male comic artists and female, and why? Artist-wise, no. Artist-wise, I, I see a good mix. But I'm saying readers. Like for example, your DC and Marvel is largely seen as a male readership, but that has changed. I feel thanks to all the movies that have come out, it's become so much more inclusive. There have been movies which, uh, and now especially with the new DC wave, where they are really looking at female superheroes in the way they should be, not the objectified types. So I think there's a good mix of uh, genders today, both creators as well as uh, viewers, but largely earlier and especially in the 90s, comics was seen as a male-dominated readership, which is where the two-piece bikinis came in. <laughs> the 90s comics were the most objectified ones, I felt. DC and Marvel. Still haven't seen many comic books which have female protagonists in that. Who play. look real. And who look real. <laughs> yeah. Which is where Angry Mouse comes yes. in. <laughs> Yeah, we're so glad you you know you made that change. Like people keep talking about you know making that change, but they don't do it. Yeah, I think again, like the first concept about Angry Maharshi is that saying you know, uh, hell hath no fury like a woman's corn, <laughs> and it's so true. And I mean, we love her dialogues. So like, <laughs> how much thought do you put into you know the humor? I'll or be the very honest. The first time I made, I created the Angry Maharshi comic. I just went all out. I was like, let's have some fun. I'll just put in as much as uh, no censorship, nothing, 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 and I. Over the years, I've felt very guilty about it, but it's also been a an aspect that people have liked. That there has been a no holds barred uh, comic, and we come up with a nice disclaimer at the start saying this is for mature readers. This is not for children. So my newly launched uh, Angry Maoshi Citizen Pain is something which I have kept a lot of things in mind while making. 
especially with the kind of uh, I won't say I've lessened the bad words or anything like that, but I've kept it a little cleaner than the previous ones. So why is that? Did you get feedback? There has been feedback. I won't say no, and we are living in a very sensitive society today. How much of reader feedback do you incorporate into your work? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Then you can't be yourself. Yeah, I mean, here's what I do. If you like it, great. If you don't love it. I'll probably come up with something in the future which you may or may not like. So that's like that's a great. Ongoing, something for everyone. Yeah, I mean, see, because if ten people hate something, I know five have liked it. I would not want to alienate those five. That's true, and I think if you keep catering to the readers' taste, then you completely forget yours. Absolutely. And how do you go about promoting these comic books? How do you increase awareness about them? I think we're living in a in the times of the internet marketing or whatever you want to call it. you know we use social media we use um, insta facebook ads we use these events like comic cons reaching out we have our own e-commerce do you like website. doing all of that oh yeah oh That's yes good to know. oh yes 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 because interactions comic cons and all these other events are about interactions and when you meet people who are reading your comics it's always nice to see their reactions or hear them out i'm not saying again i'm not going to incorporate everything they tell me but there are certain things that i would love to hear from them the book signings are also awesome and all those quick sketches that they ask me to do this it's so much fun doing that what is that one piece of advice that you tell all your students it is about maintaining a style of your own now this is one issue that i've seen very often that comes up new talent these new you know upcoming artists or whoever if they want to become artists they are so heavily influenced by anime and manga that i mean that's not a bad thing at all but the art style is also anime and manga that is where my problem my problem personally lies the art style has become that they don't have their own vision huh, i feel sometimes that you know you read something you get influenced fair enough but when you create something use that wherever possible but don't make it look exactly like it so what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your journey first i think it it was about the fact that i'm self taught so since i didn't have a you know certification or a degree from an art school it was a little difficult convincing people so why was it a challenge you know when you say you didn't have that formal training see even if you can do something in a particular way which fits the bill clients or whoever commissioning the artworks to me would be like but what if he does not do it because he is not formally trained that label counted for a brief period of time but once i got my first few breaks and the portfolio started to build up it was easier for me to show them you know this is what i've done this is what i can manage this is what i can do but initially this was the thing and also as all indian families outside of the inner circle like my immediate relatives my parents they're super supportive but the outside circle was always like what are you going to do you know doing this convincing them i mean i didn't i knew that i didn't have to convince anyone it's something that you're doing on your own but those questions right that was something which was really annoying to feel so how did you get over that then are that's uh, <laughs> practice i think learning your zen being in your zone when you're talking to certain people you still get asked this and since you spoke a lot about support system you know we loved that how you work with your wife uh, diksha yeah, yeah. and she runs your merchandise yes. but does she also contribute to your stories like have oh, you yes. decided to co-write oh yes 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 she's got uh, co-writing bylines in a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> That's so no great. it's, it's and do you guys fight over it how do you die there have been there have been arguments like if she wants a particular way the story should end or the way i see it going and sometimes we come to a middle ground 
it happens and sometimes my mom also contributes oh, wow. <laughs> so, so family effort so everyone's part of the kini studios bandwagon and uh, do you feel that indian comics rely heavily on mythology and they need to be you know um, experimenting with different uh, subjects i think mythology has been something that has been around for a long time in media and it is something that our country has a lot of source material for so yes there has been a lot of mythology in comics but i think today we are seeing a lot more content come up it has to do with a lot of mahabharat that we used to see on tv it has to do with a lot of uh, the bal hanumans and all these other cute characters that were made into ips so we're going to have a little rapid fire round now abhijit okay okay so abhijit the illustrator or the writer illustrator one graphic novel that comes to mind watchmen okay the top illustrator in india right now according to you it was mario miranda so those shoes are too big to fill if it had not been uh, art or you know graphic storytelling what would you have done a chef really uh, yeah, yeah i love i i uh, right from very young age i was totally into cooking i used to help mom in the kitchen i know how to cook and uh, one of my seriously i tried to follow up on uh, catering like the hotel management uh, institutes and all but then of course i went into but it's a good backup oh yeah it is oh yes definitely <laughs> your favorite adaptations of comic books uh, you mean the movie movie adaptations oh that's a tough one now <laughs> these adaptations are not particularly direct to it but again i would say the closest thing i saw was 300 the movie western or indian comics damn that's a tough one Western for the concepts, Indian for the 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 traditional roots that they try to incorporate. See, I played it safe. <laughs> <laughs> And some recommendations for our listeners. In Indian comics, yes, uh, do try out Angry Maushi. <laughs> Please pick up Tinkle Comics. The way they are today, the way the stories are told, the characters that have come in, it's so today's India, you know. And uh, they've kept with the times. So please, for people, sometimes I get people saying that you know I used to read Tinkle as a kid. Stopped. Please pick it up. It's a, it's a fantastic read. Not just because I draw for them, but generally as a fan. I think well. I'll do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. super fun. It's super fun. Mad, definitely. Mad magazine is a very essential uh, set of magazines for satire and humor. And Asterix, one of my favorites. Graphic novels or comics? Both are the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, which word do you like better? Graphic novels. <laughs> Graphic novels sound serious. Comics sound funny. So it depends where I am and what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we love talking to you, Abhijit. Thank you so much for Hi. talking to us. It's Thank like you so much. It's yeah. like reliving your childhood every day. <laughs> I mean, you have the most coveted job. And Thank I love. You. I mean, I love your imagination. I mean, enthusiasm. It's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. In fact, it was great fun talking about comics. That's something I really love talking about. So we can tell. <laughs> so keep doing what you do, and we're looking forward to the next Angry Moshi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talking to Abhijit actually reminded me of all the times I really wanted to take out time and sketch well, you know, Tara. So I sketch horribly, but I do want to get better. I at think it. you sketch pretty well. I've seen some of your sketches. I can't draw a straight line, but the conversation was so interesting, regardless, because it's another way of storytelling. And Abhijit is so full of ideas, and he's so talented. And you guys should all pick up his comics and see what he has to offer. And on our next episode, we'll be talking to Avni Doshi. She's the author of *The Girl in White Cotton*. We'll be talking to her about her writing process, her inspiration for the book, and much, much more. 
So stay tuned for our next episode. And if you have any feedback or any other recommendations for us, reach out to us. We are at, at Bound India on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. <laughs>